Chapter Thirty Four of the Secret Service by Albert Richardson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Casper. Chapter Thirty Four. One fading moment's mirth with twenty watchful, weary, tedious nights. Two gentlemen of Verona. We consumed many of the long hours in conversing, reading, and whist-playing. Night after night we strolled wearily up and down our narrow room, ignorant of the outer world, save through glimpses caught from the barred windows of the clear blue sky and the pitying stars. Still, endeavouring to make the best of it, we were often mirthful and boisterous. Two correspondents of the Herald, Mr. S. T. Bulkley and Mr. L. A. Hendrick, were partners in our captivity. Hendrick's irrepressible waggery never slept. One evening a Virginia ruralist, whose intellect was not of the brightest, was brought in for some violation of Confederate law. After pouring his sorrows into the sympathetic ear of the correspondent, he suddenly asked, "'What are you here for?' "'I am the victim,' replied Hendrick, "'of gross and flagrant injustice. I am the inventor of a new piece of artillery, known as the Hendrick gun. Its range far exceeds every other cannon in the world. A week ago I was testing it from the Richmond defences, where it is mounted.' one of its shots accidentally struck and sunk a blockade-runner just entering the port of wilmington it was not my fault i didn't aim at the steamer i was just trying the gun for the benefit of the country but confounded richmond authorities insisted upon it that i should pay for the vessel i told them i would see them hmm, first and they shut me up in castle thunder but i never will pay in the world "'You are quite right. I would not if I were you,' replied the innocent Virginian. "'It is the greatest outrage I ever heard of.' A fellow-prisoner had been elected commissary of our room to divide and distribute the rations. One evening a court was organized to try him for malfeasance in office. The indictment charged that he issued soup only when he ought to issue meat stealing the beef and selling it for his personal benefit one correspondent appeared as prosecuting attorney another as counsel for the defence and a third as presiding judge an extract from a richmond journal being objected to as testimony it was decided that anything published by any newspaper must necessarily be true and was competent evidence in that court a great deal of remarkable law was cited in greek latin german and french counsel were fined for contempt of court jurors placed under arrest for going to sleep when the spectators became boisterous the sheriff was ordered to clear the courtroom and during certain testimony the judge requested that the ladies withdraw the jury returned a verdict of guilty and after being harangued in touching terms upon the enormity of his offence, the culprit was sentenced to eat a quart of his own soup at a single meal. It was a hilarious affair for that loathsome place, 
which swarmed with vermin and where the silence was broken nightly by the clanking and rattling of the chains of convicts many prison inmates exhibited daring and ingenuity in attempting to escape castle thunder was vigilantly and securely guarded with a score of sentinels inside and a cordon of sentinels without in the condemned cell adjoining our room was a rebel officer named booth with three comrades under sentence of death on charge of murder all were heavily ironed nightly as the time appointed for their execution approached they surprised us by dancing rattling their chains and singing at one o'clock on the morning of october twenty second we were awakened by shouts and musket shots the whole castle was alarmed and the guard turned out with a saw made from a case knife booth had cut a hole through the floor of his cell his comrades the while singing and dancing to drown the noise they were compelled to be very cautious as a sentinel paced within six feet of them under instructions to watch them closely filing off their irons they descended cautiously through the aperture into a storeroom where they found four muskets in the darkness they removed the lock from the door and each taking a gun crept into another room opening to the street struck down the sentinel and felled a second with the butt of a musket knocking him ten or twelve feet at the outer door a guard who had taken the alarm presented his gun before he could fire booth shot him fatally through the head the three late prisoners ran up the street several ineffectual shots being fired after them by the guards who dared not leave their posts at the long bridge across the james river they knocked down another sentinel who attempted to stop them traveling by night through the woods they soon reached the union lines a considerable number of prisoners smeared their faces with croton oil to produce eruptions the surgeon called in at exactly the right stage pronounced the disease smallpox they were driven toward the smallpox hospital in unguarded ambulances from which they jumped and ran for their lives it was a profound mystery to the physician that patients should be so agile until examining one face after the eruptions began to subside he detected the imposition in tennessee two indiana captains were found within the rebel lines they were actually in the secret service of the government reconnoitering confederate camps but they passed themselves off as deserters and were brought to the castle one told me his story adding they offer to release us if we will take the oath of allegiance to the southern confederacy but i cannot do that i want to rejoin my regiment and fight the rebels while the war lasts i must escape and i cannot afford to lose any time he kept his own counsel but the next night took up a plank and descended to a subterranean room whence he began digging a tunnel after several nights labor when almost completed the tunnel was discovered by the prison authorities he immediately commenced another that also was found a few hours before it would have proved a success then he tried the croton oil and in ten days he was again under the old flag one prisoner procuring from the negroes a suit of old clothing 
a slouched hat and a piece of burnt cork assumed the garments and blackened his face with a bucket in his hand he followed the negroes down three flights of stairs and passed four sentinels hiding in the negro quarters until after dark he then leaped from a window in the very face of a sentinel but disappeared around a corner before the soldier could fire another was sent to general winder's office for examination on the way he told his stolid guard that he was clerk of the castle and ordered him go up this street to the next corner and wait there for me i am compelled to visit the provost marshal's office be sure and wait i will meet you in fifteen minutes the unsuspecting guard obeyed the order and the prisoner leisurely walked off captain lafayette jones of carter county tennessee was held on the charge of bushwhacking and recruiting for the federal army within the rebel lines if brought to trial he would undoubtedly have been convicted and shot he succeeded in deluding the officers of the prison about his own identity and was released upon enlisting in the rebel army under the name of leander johannes george w hudson of new york had been caught in louisiana while acting as a spy in the union service returning to the prison from a preliminary examination before general winder he said they have found all my papers which were sewn in the lining of my valise there is evidence enough to hang me twenty times over i have no hope unless i can escape he canvassed a number of plans at last deciding upon one then he remarked with great nonchalance well i am not quite ready yet i must send out to buy a valise and get my clothes washed so that i can leave in good shape three or four days later having completed these arrangements he wrote an order for his own discharge forging general winder's signature it was a close imitation of winder's genuine papers upon which prisoners were discharged daily hudson employed a negro to leave this document unobserved upon the desk of the prison adjutant just then i was confined in a cell for an attempt to escape one morning some one tapped at my door looking out through the little aperture i saw hudson valise in hand with the warden behind him i have come to say good-bye my discharge has arrived then in a whisper put your ear up here my plan is working to a charm it is the prettiest thing you ever saw he bade me adieu, conversed a few minutes with the prison officers, and walked leisurely up the street. A Union lady sheltered him, and when the rebels next heard of Hudson, he was with the Army of the Potomac, serving upon the staff of General Meade. Robert Slocum, of the 19th Massachusetts Volunteers, was taken to Richmond as a prisoner of war. In two days he escaped and procured from friendly negroes citizens clothing then passing himself off as an englishman recently arrived in america by a blockade runner he attempted to leave the port of wilmington for nassau through some informality in his passport he was arrested and lodged in castle thunder employing an attorney he secured his release still adhering to his original story he remained in richmond for many months 
he frequently sent us letters supplies and provisions and made many attempts to aid us in escaping one day he wrote me an entertaining description of president davis's levee at which he had spent the previous evening End of chapter 34